You're listening to the Comic Book Informer Podcast with Vince and Raj, a podcast for everyone from comic nerds to comic noobs. You know who you are. Now here's your host, Vince. Hello, everybody, and welcome to issue 235 of the Comic Book Informer Podcast, coming to you on October 13th. How was your Thanksgiving, Raj? It was... A lot of food. <laughs> it was a lot of food. It was delicious, but holy crap. <laughs> That's why I worked out before this, because I gained a few pounds that I now have to lose. For those of you keeping score at home, uh, yes, typically this would be a Roger-hosted episode, but we are delaying Roger's whatever he wants to talk about <laughs> this time around. Important Until stuff. Next- <laughs> until next week because uh, we have a bunch of stuff out of New York Comic Con we wanted to cover. What would you think of this year's show? There was a lot of buzzwords, as mm-hmm. there always is, but there were a lot of buzzwords. For the most part, it was it was good in terms of, you know, a lot of wanted to talk about diversity and things like that. And that's good. And it's nice that they're finally realizing that it's not just white boys buying comics anymore. And so hearing a lot of that, be it for uh, more female characters or minorities and all of those things. So there was a lot of that that I enjoyed. The problem is, and I actually watched some of the live streams, like the I had the Marvel one on for a few days, actually, in the background while I was doing other stuff. So I caught a lot of the, a lot of those. The problem is, is that I didn't like Secret Wars. I still don't like Secret Wars. <laughs> And I didn't like the DC stuff either. So a lot of this hinges on you actually enjoying those and liking the direction that they're going in. And I'm not in that boat on a lot of fronts, which we'll no doubt touch on as we're going along. And so a lot of the stuff that they're talking about, I'm like, I'm quite literally sighing out loud and thinking, oh God, seriously, this is what we're doing. And in some cases, it feels like a step backwards, whereas, again, with the, the diversity things and things like that, that's a huge step forward. In fact, it's not a big enough step forward, but in terms of what we're looking at, huge step forward. But then you get some other stuff and you're like, oh, why? What, what What's the point of this? So eh, hit or miss. I. It's funny. Like as much as I am enjoying Secret Wars – I'm not that crazy about a lot of the directions things are moving in after it either. So I think it's kind of Secret Wars agnostic. It's just a lot of it. It's, you know, it's that fresh start when, you know, we've come to like a lot of the directions things were moving in previous or well, or to even even things that we didn't like. They're like, oh, OK, we're just kind of hitting the reset button. Like I would I, I know we would both prefer that. OK, that might not have worked, but figure out a way to fix it other than just going up oh, doesn't matter anymore. But see, it's not a reset either because no, it's, not, it's taking well, it, it's everything, not, putting in a whole bunch of new stuff to us. And at the same time that just got picked up because the fans liked it, which, okay, fine. But then it's, it's wanting your cake and have it too kind of thing, because it's the, the idea of we're just going to toss in a crap load of number ones because that's what sells. Because of course we are. But when those centennial issues come out, we're going to market that as well. So it doesn't, you're not, you're not really restarting. What's, what's funny is that I was watching this and I was thinking back to, again, when I was collecting comics. So again, we're talking over 25 years ago now. 
an issue number one meant something. And to be there when it happened was something that I actually still carry with me for some things. Like I was around for that Wolverine series that we've covered on the show in Japan kind of thing. I was there. I bought those issues. I remember the excitement of holding it in my hands and being happy that there was still one in stock, even though I arrived there biking 15 miles to get there just so I can get that issue on the day it came out. But that meant something. When I started collecting comic books again recently, I started with that same attitude of those number ones mean something. This is cool kind of thing. Because I'd, I'd kind of kept a little up with a few things that were going on, but really not a lot. And then I quickly realized, oh, no. Number one's new series mean nothing anymore. All it is is a marketing ploy to get you to buy more. Mm-hmm. So when you have what we saw with the new 52, which neither one of us really cared for that direction, and now seeing Marvel doing essentially the same thing, I, I just, I, I'm finding it very hard to be excited. Case in point, I read, and we'll talk about it later, The Amazing Spider-Man number one. And I was like, that sucked. (laughs) (laughs) And we all know how much I love that series and love slot. And I read it and thought, my God, this is horrible. So, yeah. Uh, But as far as the show itself, I'm really starting to prefer New York over San Diego, I think. Like, it's still way too big of a show for my tastes like i wouldn't want to attend but without all the pressure of being you know the comic-con i think a lot of the you know the creators and the panelists when i were a little more laid back they got it you know they they actually had a chance to like talk a little more it was a little less uh stressful i think overall for everyone's like i a lot of like the panels and stuff that i read i i enjoyed you know kind of like the banter and whatnot a lot more this time around it wasn't just okay next question I so, would argue uh, that I didn't think most of the panels that I saw at least really gave any amount of information that's that would certainly be worth attending mm-hmm. because uh, that's something to well, show. I, 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 I've come to expect that the information is going to be minimal. I'm just talking about, you know, the the, the actual you know, back and forth itself. Yeah. Yeah. It just happens that some of the ones that I saw were like, oh, God. I hate you even more now. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> so you want to start with Marvel or DC? Yeah, take your pick. I, I asked you. Let's start with DC then. Okay. Then. <laughs> yeah, the big thing DC is going on about right now is the big Dark Knight 3, the Master Race series. You know, the third and the Dark Knight Returns now trilogy from Frank Miller and company. I'm yeah, pretty hesitant about this one. <laughs> given that the the second Dark Knight book was not very good and Frank Miller has gone insane in the meantime. But well, we'll see. But the, the big surprise here is that after three whole issues, it's actually going to take a break in February to celebrate the 30th anniversary of the original Dark Knight Returns with a one-shot that serves as a prequel to that story. And I, I guess there's people that are really excited about this, but I'm not one of them. I'm more excited about the prequel than I am about the third because I oh, thought well, – Yeah, if we're scoring, absolutely. Yeah. But even that, I'm a little hesitant. About. Yeah, it's really not that high on, on my list right now of must-have, must-read. 
it's it's certainly again it it sounds interesting theoretically and that's all i'm willing to give it at this point mm-hmm. so cuz it's like you said too i mean it's the the first one should have been allowed to live and breathe and die on its own mm-hmm. and that should have been it and it would have been one of those spectacular experiences that you know that it it it, it didn't need to be enhanced and, and go on from there. So, I don't know. Again, it, it, it might be great. We'll see. Mm-hmm. I The only other really uh, interesting bit of news for me was that uh, Tom Taylor is coming back to do some DC work. He's going to be doing a story arc on Batman Superman as well as writing the Green Lantern Edge of Oblivion miniseries. So, I, again, I'm excited to see him get back into DC and play with those toys. We need more and better green lantern stories is my opinion and which i, I hate I to don't slam know about on more we already have a lot yeah, okay yeah better i am and yes. maybe there is some really good stuff going on now that i just don't happen to be reading cuz i kind of gave up on most of them i tried them and then kind of went nope this is not where i'm at right now so i think that's something else that is really shake things up do something different, and and I, I would love to read that. Because mm-hmm. we've said time and time again, we love the characters. They just – we've had – both of us have had a hard time getting into any of their stories in the last several years. Yeah. Well, there's been a couple. I've liked it more than you have. And like case in point right now, which is not DC, but the crossover with Star Trek. Mm-hmm. I freaking adore it. Love it. And it proves to you that the IP is still strong, that that Green Lantern franchise can still do amazing things. Like, we could have another War of Light. It can happen. You just need someone who has the vision to be able to put it forward. And I think that when you look at, when you look at DC's lineup, their, their roster of heroes, say, and look at who can have those massive cosmic stories that still have the elements of humanity woven in that you can feel and and relate to. Nobody else can do it except for the green lantern Corps, in my opinion. So, so I think that you, again, put it in the hands of someone like Tom Taylor. I would love to hear what he's planning to do with this. I, I really hope it's, it's something, you know, big in scope. Yeah. The one thing I really enjoyed out of DC uh, from this past weekend was the spotlight panel they had on Scott Snyder. Because that, that was a pat on the ass for him, let me tell you. That was that, <laughs> yes, that sure was nice. <laughs> well, you know, he's a New York native, so of course, you know, and one of the few DC people that's still operating out of New York now that they've made the move west. <laughs> I guess they went, Scott, you want to move to LA? No. Okay. Okay. You can yeah. Stay there. <laughs> Hold down the fort for us. <laughs> But I just loved listening to him talk about a lot of you know his experiences with not just Batman, but a lot of his other stuff that he's worked on there. I agree. I and agree. the one thing that came back to me is you know, the one of the tips that you give to writers, and that's write what you know. And um, as much of his life as he has put into all these various characters, like you said, Black Mirror, when he was working on Detective Comics, was really his big break. Uh, you know, it was his big debut uh, writing a mainline series for DC. And he said that in that story, he was terrified to be writing a Batman comic 
And he channeled that through Dick because that was at the time when Bruce Wayne was, quote, dead and Dick Grayson had taken over as Batman. So he wrote Dick to be just as afraid of being Batman as he was of writing it. And that's a fantastic series. We're going to have to cover it on the show at some point because I loved those comics. Yeah. What's funny is that I'd just been reading the other panel, the one on um, diversity that had uh, Lou mm-hmm. and Whitley and, and Waters and such. And they were talking about just that too and how write what you know doesn't mean just write who you are. It means learn what it is that you're going to write about so that you know it and write with authority when you write it then. So I kind of thought that was an interesting way to look at both sides of that coin. Yeah. And it, of course, it brought a smile to my face. I'm like, what was your biggest influence as far as your interpretation of Batman? And his answer was the animated series, yeah. which, of course, is the only right answer. <laughs> also, on that animation front, they had a cool uh, reunion of the Justice League voice cast coming together, telling stories about behind the scenes and them auditioning, as well as actually doing some stuff in character. I thought that was Did really you fun. Actually I, I wish I No, I wish I could see I need a to video find it. of it. Yeah. There's got to be a video somewhere because I saw that and I was like, I need to find this. <laughs> Kevin Conroy singing on stage. We need this in our lives now. <laughs> so anything else DC side you wanted to touch on? Uh, no, I think that covers it. All right. Uh, Marvel, of course, had their big presence uh, starting off with like their movie and TV stuff. The big announcement was that uh, Ant-Man is getting his second movie uh, titled Ant-Man and the Wasp. So, uh, oh, God. Yet another missed opportunity. Yeah. <laughs> we don't want another Ant-Man movie. We want a Wasp movie. We made this clear as a collective <laughs> when this released. And what I thought was hysterical when I read this, and this is just a very minor rant, but I thought it was hysterical because here they are. They're pushing back two movies that do have characters, diverse characters. Well, actually, pushing- that's, that's kind of a... Uh- a misinterpretation. Black Panther is actually being moved forward to make room for it. I thought it, they said they were pushing it back. Uh, a lot of people were misreporting that. It's being moved uh, to February. Okay. All right. All right. I see. Still. But yes, yeah. Captain Marvel is being delayed again because she's already been delayed once because of the new Spider-Man movie. <laughs> yeah. But still, <laughs> the point is it should be a Wasp movie starring her guest starring Ant-Man for a little while. And I, I loved the way they tried to spin it. It will be the first Marvel movie to be named after its heroine. I was like, no, it's not. No, no, no. it's not. <laughs> She's the and <laughs> it's not named after her. Yeah, I it it, it, it pissed me off. It, it genuinely did because they're doing such great things with Agent Carter. And you could tell when you hear about them talking about when they had that panel Mm -hmm. and the fans are screaming they're saying you know agent carter and shield and people are like until colson walked on stage cheering carter and it's like yeah there's a reason for this we're craving these types of stories and and again it's yet another missed opportunity and i gotta tell you they really have me looking forward to agent carter coming up because i i am chomping at the bit for that that return we my wife and i were like Every week or as soon as it released, we did not miss an episode and loved it. And we've both been waiting patiently for that second season. Mm-hmm. We also got a little bit of the uh, Netflix stuff 
Uh, apparently they showed off the first episode of Jessica Jones to, of course, good response because, of course, it's going to get a good response. doesn't matter if it was good or not. But then they also had uh, some of the Daredevil stuff for season two. And I was really excited because they posted, you know, it's two and a half minute long teaser. I'm like, awesome. Now, it's two minutes of like greatest hits from season one. And then you see Electra's face and Punisher's boots. <laughs> like, that's not a teaser, guys. <laughs> I agree. Uh, into the comic stuff. They touched a lot on one of the uh, newly announced comics that I'm really looking forward to, and that's the new Black Panther comic uh, written by Tanahisi Coates. And they were talking about you know how it came to be because Coates he's not a comic writer, he's not even a fiction writer. Like he does a lot of nonfiction, a lot of you know commentary stuff. And they said it actually came about when he was uh, God, I forget what paper he writes for. I, I forget it off the top of my head. I apologize. But he was interviewing uh, Santa Amanat, the uh, executive editor responsible for uh, Ms. Marvel and a lot of the other uh, like Spider-related t- titles. And like he was interviewing her about diversity in comics and that started the discussion to bring him in to write the Black Panther. And like I've been reading a lot of like his Twitter stuff over the last few weeks ever since he got announced. This dude loves comics, <laughs> and I, I'm actually really excited to see what he's going to do with that character. Yeah, that was another one where they were making a big deal how they're going to be celebrating Cap's 75th anniversary and Black Panther's 50th. I'm thinking, yeah, because you've really paid homage to Black mm-hmm. Panther like you should have over the it's past It's been a strong 50 years. 50 years for that character. So, like, really, you need to step up your game with this character because there's no reason why we shouldn't have a spectacular series ongoing series with black Panther. And I, I really hope this is the one that sticks yeah. because he's had great series in the past. Like when we talked to uh, Jonathan Mayberry, he wrote a great black Panther. Just nobody bought it. There's not in, in a, yeah, but I, I call bullshit on that because let me rephrase that. Not enough people bought it for Marvel to think it was worth their time. Okay. Not calling bullshit on that. <laughs> it might have sold enough, but you know how it works. Yeah. And that's, again, you can't be tapping yourself on the back saying, look at how diverse we are now. We've never been more diverse. And yet you crap on your characters. Your true, character. true as it may be. That's a low bar. <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, yeah, you're taking baby steps in the right direction, but don't get too far ahead of yourself there. Put that ego in check. Mm-hmm. But that being said, I, I I feel the same way as you. I really am looking forward to this series. I just hope that he can write it adequately because if not, we're going to wind up with the same thing as we've seen with other series where they put characters, whether they be minority or women or whatever, and they say, we tried, you just didn't buy it. But yeah, but you didn't put it in the right hands. They didn't write it properly. And look at what happened. On that topic, how excited are you for the Spider-Women crossover? Okay. <laughs> How long am I allowed to rant here? Do your thing. One of the ones that I was saying that I just hate him more after seeing his thing is Hopeless. Which I, is such a fitting name at this point. <laughs> I have not hidden my disgust of how he's handled Spider-Woman at all. And you can follow to, when I was still reading it on Twitter. You got racist shit going on. You've got misogynistic things. And then now she's pregnant because she wants real life. And of course, she being a woman, that means there's no other alternative than to knock her up. And because he's a crappy writer and they are saying, well, who's the father? 
he'd rather not actually plan that out. So no, she doesn't want to tell. She's just saying it's nobody's business. No, that's a lazy freaking writing thing (laughs) where you didn't come up with something adequately intelligent for the story. And once again, he's either had characters making comments about her chest or now she wants a real life. So we're going to knock her up. There's more to women than reproductive systems. And it pisses me off how he handles that character and, and other characters as well. And the more he talked, the more I was like, Oh God, stop talking. (laughs) (laughs) Like they're asking him about the all new X-Men as well, which pains me that he's taken this over. And well, what about hope? Are we going to see hope. Now there's already a redheaded young girl in the series. So what? <laughs> there can't be two young women with the same hair color in your story because those are the only attributes. Guys are there. Exactly. Those are the only attributes you can assign to them. You can't actually think of them in different personality traits and everything else. No, they're just redheaded girls. You jackass. It was like, oh my God, it's the, the him and land was the perfect fitting. Let's just keep them on one series that we can avoid. <laughs> and then that'll be that. But, oh yeah, the, 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 the more he talked, the more I was like, just wanted to punch him in the throat. Now the thing with Silk and, and Spider-Gwen, and I was actually just talking to Joe about this on Twitter and it was like, And we've talked about this too. I love those characters. I really Mm -hmm. do. Silk more so, but I certainly don't like the direction they're taking her in because that feels completely fake and out of character. But I like the characters, but the stories were not good. You didn't have a good, I'm sorry, the writers couldn't handle this. Now, that doesn't mean they're bad writers. It's certainly not. I'm sure there's a lot of people that think they're great. It's my opinion. And maybe they can write other characters really well. But for these stories, man, in my opinion, they blew it. And I think that the only reason why Marvel is continuing with the characters is because of how popular the characters are with fans, not how popular the series were or the, or the reception that those those series got. So mm-hmm. whether or not that's going to improve based on the clips in Amazing Spider-Man number one there is like, no, I don't think so. Yeah, I, I'm passing on a bunch of that. <laughs> I really don't think so at all. So so an event with them would have been something that I'd be like, this will be awesome. And I read it and went, oh, God. <laughs> Who's writing it? Oh. <laughs> I guess. They are. Not so much. Which saddened me because, honestly, I would love to see really, really strong stories with these women. Mm-hmm. without feeling the need to knock them up and then leave the baby with the babysitter while they go to another universe. Oh, seriously? <laughs> <laughs> Haven't we had enough universe hopping around lately as well? No, there's never enough. <laughs> yes, yes, there is. So am I the only one really excited for Power Man and Iron Fist? I'll take that as a yes. <laughs> I'll read it and I'll hope for the best. But I don't know. We'll, mm-hmm. we'll see. And I love how they had to come out and basically start the presentation with, we are not canceling the X-Men. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're just starting a whole bunch of new Inhuman stuff and kind of hoping it sticks. 
and we'll see how if it goes. If we want people to buy our Inhumans comics, we have to put the X-Men in them. <laughs> or title them Uncanny. <laughs> or all new Inhumans. And I was reading some of the titles and I'm going, are you for real? Can you imagine Uncanny? How- terrible it must be to actually run a comic shop right now and try to alphabetize things everything's an a or u (laughs) all new or uncanny (laughs) i was like what the hell when i read the uncanny and human i almost freaking dropped my ipad it was like are you for real you could not come up (laughs) with a better name for inhumans you had to give them uncanny and all new oh fuck Oh, great. I'm gonna have to <laughs> uh, one thing I, w- I, I like, though, is uh, hearing Tom Taylor, again, talking about writing X-23 as all-new Wolverine and how she's experienced so much death in her life and she's trying to turn away from that. But she's still Wolverine. <laughs> so she's trying not to be lethal with anybody, but she's still got that edge. So, again, we have faith in the writer that he can kind of walk that balance and tell some interesting yeah. stories. You know what? My faith in him kind of took a backseat the moment he screwed up Iron Man. Listen, so, and he, he, uh, that, That's his one. Yeah, a lot of people liked him for that, and that's, again, it's subjective. But in my opinion, that Iron Man stuff was horrible, horrible, horrible. So I look at this and I think mm, this has – the potential for horrible as well. Because see, here's the thing too, and 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 yet again, this is a, a quirk and another thing that's bothering me about about comics today. And we've we've brushed on this before. This idea that X twenty three gets changed into Wolverine is not the same as taking a character, uh, an existing character, and changing it to a minority. It's not the same because unlike Miles Morales, he wasn't a superhero before. He was just a kid. So him Mm -hmm. taking the mantle of Spider-Man and all of a sudden now you've got a black Spider-Man, that makes sense. And it's fantastic. And I love it. But when you're looking at something like this or like Sam Wilson taking over Cap, Mm -hmm. you're 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 stripping away the identity that they had and yes. that superhero identity is just as much a part of their overall identity if not more so than actually who they are and so saying it, it to me it strikes me very much again as a white old white dude saying yeah we're going to let you be more than what you are, but we're going to strip away everything that you are your your identity and now you're going to put this old white dude's costume on and try to behave like he does and it's like no they already had their identities and i liked x23 i liked who she was i like her identity as a superhero it was troubled it was dark it was so layered and i loved that about her but now it's like oh no she's gonna be wolverine it's like no I hate that. And this whole idea of nobody dies screams far too much Spider-Man right now. And it's like, oh, that Even is. Spider-Man's dropped that. Exactly. So it's like, <laughs> no, that's, you've got claws on your hands and feet. Okay. There's always going to be people dying around you. That's just how it works. And that's part of your charm, darling. <laughs> so for me, as much as you would think I'd be excited for this, because I'm such a fan of both those characters, the merging of the two just pisses me off. Mm-hmm. All right. Can I, can I try to give you good news? 
Sorry, I'm awfully ranty here, aren't I? <laughs> Some of Miles' supporting cast is going to be following him. Yes. I don't care about his dad. And thank you, Marvel Genki. He's the only one I cared about. <laughs> I stopped I reading after Genki. Genki needs a spinoff at this point, you know. <laughs> I Yeah. Yeah. I, I was so happy to hear that. That was awesome. Awesome. <laughs> need to get shield to recruit him for something. <laughs> I want, I want a Genki and Colson miniseries. <laughs> that would be awesome. And some other cool stuff they're saying is coming. Uh, Felipe Smith is continuing to work with uh, Robbie Reyes as Ghost Rider. He hasn't said when it's coming out or even what the series is going to be called, but happy for that. Cause I liked that previous series as well as cloak and dagger are kind of on the, on the back burner right now that they're going to be making an appearance in amazing Spider-Man next year. And they teasing that there's something more coming up for the two of them. Uh, you know how much I love those characters. Yeah. So I, I, even though a lot of it wasn't good in the ultimates universe with them, I still like the characters enough that I liked the interactions. I liked the, the, the I, I would like to see on. regular cloak and dagger interacting with miles now. Yeah, I didn't even think of that. Yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah, I'd like to see a lot more of them in continuity because they, they keep getting shelved. And I would like to see more, even if, again, you don't necessarily have to give them their own series. I, I would love that, but I can understand if, if the sales aren't good enough. But to actually put them into more stories because they're powerful characters that they're there. They You can't pretend like they don't exist. So use them. Mm-hmm. And then the big thing is the new Avengers event standoff celebrating Captain America's 75th anniversary. And even I don't care, <laughs> especially because Nick Spencer's writing it. And I've really never liked anything of his. Yeah, I really, meh, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Star Wars side, we're getting a new miniseries focusing on Obi-Wan and Anakin uh, set between episodes one and two uh, written by Charles Soule with art by Marco Cicchetto, who is doing fantastic work on the Shattered Empires miniseries right now. So that one, I, they've been knocking it out of the park left and right no with kidding. Star Wars. Like, come on. This was <laughs> actually, at this point, they don't have to try to put out something bad. The, the funny thing is, is that with all of the Marvel stuff that I'm shaking my head at and, and not impressed with, Everything they're announcing for Star Wars, and and again, I need to say this again for folks who haven't listened to every episode, I'm not a huge Star Wars nut. If a story is really well told in Star Wars, then yeah, I love it and I enjoy it. But I'm, you know, I don't need to have and collect everything in Star Wars. But these series have been so bloody good. And then there was, of course, too, my, my our love of the, the Clone Wars. So finding out that this takes place kind of between those early episodes and the clone wars as well, because the clone wars, they were that, that relationship between the two was cemented. That's not what this is going to be. about. Now, the only thing that I fear is that we're going to see too much. And I'm really hoping that again, this is all on a writer. Don't write the whiny stereotypical teen as long as he can stray from that, because we got too much of that in those first episodes. Well, I think given the time period, there's really no reason for him to be that whiny type because his mom's not dead yet, you know. And so 
if he kind of sticks to where that character should be at that point in time, I don't think we'll have to worry about exactly. that. Exactly. So we could have some really cool stories in there. Like some of the stuff that they were describing was like, ooh, I want to read that now. If it, if it falls in line with the rest of the Star Wars stuff that they're doing, it could be fantastic. The only thing that we need to do now is somebody needs to start prodding Marvel so that they start putting out some series in the old Republic as well. Because we need that. I want some series with like Satil <laughs> Shan and stuff. That's not up to Marvel. You got to talk to the mouse about that one. <laughs> yeah, but Marvel is the one that writes right it. Now. <laughs> yeah, but I would love to see some of that stuff in there. Because again, I've been, I know you were reinstalling it. I don't know if you got a chance to play, but I've been back and playing the old Star Wars, the old Republic again. And I've been doing the Jedi Knight quest line and whatnot. And you're dealing a lot again with Satil, Satil Chan and all that. And I was thinking, I would love a Marvel miniseries with her story. And that would be friggin' awesome. Like there's a lot of characters back at that time too. That would be spectacular. Mm -hmm. So stepping aside from the big guys, a couple other small items that of interest is that uh, dark horse is actually going to be remaking lone wolf and cub 2100, which I never read the original version of it. So uh, I don't really have a whole lot to go on there, but uh, Kazuo Kuike has basically given uh, them his blessing to to do it bigger to to expand upon it so uh we'll see and then oh, the yeah, attack yeah. on titan anthology that was awesome <laughs> a 250 page monster with work from scott know. snyder gail simone michael levon aiming and countless other comic stars that how did this happen <laughs> what point does scott snyder look at attack on titan and go i want to do that because that's a story I need to hear more about. But it's true. Like that's yeah. – as somebody who is creative and, and writes, when you see something else that is really cool, the characters and whatnot, you do want to take it out for a spin and just kind of have fun with it. And so I can fully appreciate that there'd be a lot of – Western writers who would want to tackle various anime or manga and this being, you know, the biggest, no pun intended right now, it makes sense that there'd be like people just chomping at the bit to write stories about this. And, and it's because of the gravity of the situation too. It's not just like a regular anime that you mm -hmm. watch where it's like, okay, yeah, there's consequences and things happen. No, this is like the scope of this is again, no pun intended, massive. So <laughs> to, to be able to play with that and just them saying too, like it doesn't have to be in Canon, just do whatever you want. Oh my God. That would be amazing. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, anything else uh, before we move on? I'm trying to remember. Because I watched a crap load of things, but a lot of it, like I said, was, no offense, throwaway because I just was mm -hmm. not as interested in it. It was funny because I was watching the stream at one point, And again, my wife has kitted around that she would like to go to a con someday. And I keep saying, oh, you're going by yourself because I can't do it. It's just yeah. not physically possible. And then I was showing her because they showed on that Marvel <laughs> stream. And it's like even in the morning early, it's like you're like shoulder to shoulder with everyone. And I was like, that's what a con is. You still want to go? Like, look at that line. That's just to get a signature that you're going to be paying money for right there. <laughs> no, thanks. All right. Then I guess uh, for what we're reading, there, there was a bunch of that new uh, Marvel stuff. The only one I want to touch on is Dr. Strange. It was, 
interesting, but it didn't quite have that issue one sort of grab that I wanted. Like it's a Doctor Strange story. I, I know what to expect from Doctor Strange story, weird stuff going on, but it wasn't it wasn't like if I wasn't already interested in the series, this wouldn't have changed my mind, but I was already interested in the series, so I'll continue reading it. But on the other hand, friggin' Bacalo, man. <laughs> this comic was the stuff we'd seen him do on X-Men was practice for drawing <laughs> Doctor Strange. I haven't I haven't read it yet. Oh, great stuff. Uh, and Siege finished off its run uh, with the Secret Wars tie-in. And I, I've been talking about this every time it comes out. I've been enjoying the series. But somebody had noted that in a lot of ways, uh, the miniseries itself is kind of Kieran Gillen's metaphor for doing work-for-hire work as opposed to creator-owned stuff. And rereading the last issue like with that in mind, yeah, I can see that. Because it's all about you know, Agent Brand is doing everything she can, working as hard as she can, being as creative as she can to do her best at her job. Until one day Thanos shows up and just takes all the stuff that you're working with. <laughs> and then you just have to keep going. You have to rebuild. You have to uh, soldier on, do the best you can, while now people are criticizing you because they think they can do a better job. Really interesting metaphor there. You're still not caught up on Ninja Turtles, are you? No. I, I'm I'm be, way behind. I'm embarrassed to say how far behind. I Actually, I'm not embarrassed because I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember the last number I read. going to assume so, five or six issues because so, I think that's the last time we covered it together. No, I read some after that as well. Okay. But I am behind. No, go ahead. Spoiler. Well, away. turns out issue 50 isn't the last issue, like they were saying. It's the last issue – of this chapter, if you will. Uh, the comic's going to continue. But 50, in a lot of ways, is a finale for the comic. Holy crap. That's all I'm going to say. That you need, need to catch up. All right. And then just a quick left turn. Uh, have you been watching Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. so far? This oh, season? dude. <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> These first two episodes are probably the two best, not even probably, they are the two best episodes they've done of that series so far. They just continue to get better. It was awesome. It was so good. And like the the, the fit stuff, you're like, oh my, oh my God. Goodness. It was just all around well done. The only thing that I didn't like was yet again, freaking, I know that they need to keep bringing Hydra back, but I think that with the whole inhuman stuff going on, they probably could have put Hydra a little bit more on the back burner for a little while. I, I agree, but these two episodes are the first time in the history of this series I've liked Ward. I See, I didn't. He was just getting on my nerves. But that character and that, I'm not going to lie, that actor – it doesn't do much for me. So I, I agree, but something in these two episodes, like the way he's going about it now, I'm starting to come around. Me, not so much, not so much at all. So, but I, you know, now that they've established, okay, he's rebuilding. You know, you've got uh, what's his name, Strucker, around. Like, okay, now forget about them for a little while. You know, for put them a good long inside, while. and then you know, in another you know ten or twelve weeks, come back and go, hey, remember us? Then I'd be okay with it. I don't, I don't need to be a weekly recurring storyline. No. There's there's just there's too much going on right now with the inhuman side of it. And some really interesting stuff with the inhumans and getting new ones, aka new mutants. They that's awesome. And building up teams or 
people getting chased around them. Again, there's a lot of potential there for stories and interesting stuff that's completely different that has a huge scope as well. Like when they're getting chased through by that thing, whatever the hell that was, <laughs> that was awesome. And then you get warned. If like, you'd oh. like to know more about Lash, I'll direct you to the Uncanny and Humans available. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What have you got for us this week? Well, let's for two minutes stick with the TV then. I figured we would. Flash and the Arrow. Did you? You never really watched either of those last season. I still haven't gotten into Arrow. Okay. But Flash, I'm all about. Oh, yeah. New episode was awesome. The Return of Flash was like, oh, we were like, again, sitting at the TV waiting. (laughs) (laughs) And loved it. It was great. It, It was I, I like the, the new team building stuff while still having, again, stuff with the old villains and whatnot. It was, it was awesome. It was a ton of fun to watch. Yeah. Arrow was, Arrow was disappointing only because they didn't allow him to have a normal life long enough. And I understand the show's called Arrow, but you could have found a way to still keep him in his own little happy place for a while, created some interesting stories there while letting the rest of the cast shine for a while. And I think that would have been really good. And you could have even had it like they did with Felicity kind of behind his back helping out. So she'd still be interesting and cool. Cause she's, she's my favorite freaking character <laughs> in the show. <laughs> and so you could have done that, but it's like immediately boom, you're back in. But now I'm the green arrow. So they finally put that in. And I, and I understand that they're saying to how this is, he's going to be a lot lighter and joke around more and be happy and not the dark brooding guy that he was for the other seasons to fit more in, in line with who the green arrow is in the comics, but they're different. And we knew that going in mm-hmm. and Stephen Amell made, and the writers, obviously, and director made their version of Arrow work. That brooding, nothing ever works out character kind of deal that's not afraid to get his hands dirty. And it, and it worked. Sometimes a little too much brooding, but the entire cast was brooding. So it was kind of fit in. But uh, but I'm disappointed now that they're taking this route. We'll have to see how it progresses over the next few episodes. But, I mean, they've already kind of teased it. <laughs> there's some really bad things about to happen. So the, the good hearted green arrow thing might not last very long. Who knows? Mm. All right. Amazing. Spider-Man. We got the new season of Gotham. Oh, dude, you told me it was done. I thought it was. It's not done. <laughs> Have you actually watched Yo, it? No, because the okay, ones that I watched were horrible. <laughs> I can't remember how many episodes we watched. It might've been three or four. Maybe more, but it was three or four more than me. It was bad. It was just I did not like it. <laughs> Pee Wee Herman's gonna be on. <laughs> it's the same role he played at Batman Returns. Oh God! I I just I I I, I I'm not interested. <laughs> I'm not interested. I okay. I'd Move like on. to be interested, but I'm not. So, Amazing Spider-Man number one. Hmm. Did you like it? The issue itself, I enjoyed it. As far as representing like this big shift in, you know, what we can expect from Peter Parker, not sold. But as far as like just a fun Spider-Man issue, I liked it. I did not. Sp- 
Spider-Mobile was stupid. Spider-Mobile is awesome. No, it wasn't. International cast for Parker Industries. Meh, I don't like that. Yeah. I, I, I like Parker Industries when it was failing. <laughs> Because yeah. that's Spidey's <laughs> M.O. I like it when Spider-Man is broke, which they tried to play off of here a little too heavy-handed, by the way. Yeah. But it was like, no, Spider-Man is supposed to be a struggling everyman in mm-hmm. a small apartment in New York, and that's his life. And The so, only reason to give him something nice is to take, take it, away. it away. Yeah, <laughs> basically, yeah. So there's... This this whole Parker Industries and this hole with his partner constantly undermining him. But this time I'll threaten her and that'll be good enough. No, it's mm-hmm. never going to be good enough. <laughs> Just write this character off. All right. And and we didn't see nearly enough of Anna Maria. Let's be honest. And uh, clearly we're going to be seeing a lot more of her going forward, though. <laughs> yeah, obviously. And that was the other thing, too. The last page saved it. <laughs> yeah. Moderately. Because the the whole with the the body double was like oh come on, the whole Parker Industries things and Horizon School and 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 the what's her name was Sanjit what, what what's her name again I can't remember Sajani Sajani yeah, um, and I was like oh come on and then Doc Ock at the end and you're going oh Jesus spoilers Scott talked about it <laughs> or not Scott Slot <laughs> talked about it at Comic Con. If Slot can talk about it at Comic Con, we can talk about it here. I actually liked the stuff with Max and Horizon. I thought that was a nice uh well, nice little bit. I I didn't. It was it, it <laughs> was attacked by supervillains were officially horizon again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there was a few moments like that. But again, it, it's it's trying to force in a gay wedding for the sake of diversity. I I I, I didn't even know he was gay. Did they ever yeah, talk that about that? Yeah, that was a major plot point, like 50 issues was ago. Was it? Okay, well, yeah. in my defense, again, often pretty loopy on pain meds. I'm going to use that. Um, but I, I did not recall. So that's why when they were showing this, I was going, that sure feels shoehorned. And, but if it belonged, great. Okay, fine. Yeah. But the, the whole thing with the, the, the double and then the whole thing with her and then the whole bit, and I'm not going to lie, with Otto at the end. That was like, oh, God, no, no. We just yes, left that. Yes. It was fantastic while it happened. But for the love of God, there's more that you can do than just go back to Ock again. So that was. Yeah. And then the other stories in there. Yeah, all the stuff at the end was just. Yeah. All of it was terrible. <laughs> was there anything that was good? I'm trying to re- remember. I'm flipping through and I'm I'm trying to remember if there was anything that I looked at and thought, oh, that was great. Even I the- still have some hope for the Web Warriors. Yeah, the twenty ninety nine stuff was terrible. The silk stuff. How do, <laughs> <laughs> I'm. I love how she's just. I'm. I'm on a stakeout. She's got skates. You might not know this about skates, but if you need to get out of dodge real fast because you're tailing somebody, <laughs> those skates aren't coming off very fast. No, no, they're, they're web skates. It's okay. No, they were not. She had real <laughs> skates on. She's tying them. No, this was, and then all of a sudden, bloop, skates are off. And then the whole bit with the driver screaming, run her down. You're the one driving, you idiot. (laughs) What the hell? (laughs) And the whole bit with working with Black Cat was like, oh, God, seriously? It just doesn't fit with the character. And then the stuff with Spider-Woman was horrible, horrible. Once again, hopeless. I hate you. Um, 
and then the Web Warriors. There, it was my least objectionable in the whole thing. I was like, okay, this this might be all right. The stuff with Miles was like there wasn't enough to it to really know. Yeah, it, it wasn't really a preview there. of the Miles so, stuff coming yeah, up. Really. It was just there as like a framing device for something else. So I, I was. I was really disappointed in it. And also disappointing, I found, was actually The Last Injustice, which is hmm. ramping up to the actual Last Injustice. So that was uh, issue number two. We got another year of Injustice ahead. Well, the last one for this season. Yes. So, because, um, yeah, 24 is either, is that this week? It's coming out or should be. Yeah. So it's kind of ramping up to resolve that. Uh, at least some of it, I would assume. I don't know. Wait, what did you think of this? I liked it. Really? It was just yeah. one giant fight and not much else and trying to divert nukes. That was it. That was the entirety of this thing. That that was it. So it was like nothing happened here. A bunch of so-called heroes fought gods, nukes came, and Superman got rid of them. End of story. <laughs> okay. <laughs> And then Zeus and old gods show up. So I, I don't know. I was like, okay, well, I really hope 24 really is good because this did nothing to impress me. And the last, there were a couple of the last ones that I wasn't as impressed with. Hmm. So that's it for me. All right, then. This week's new releases from Marvel. We have A-Force number five. Chewbacca number one, absolutely. Civil War number five, Guardians of the Galaxy number one, Journey to Star Wars, The Force Awakens, Shattered Empire number three, Ms. Marvel number 19, New Avengers number one, Sam Wilson, Captain America number one, as continuing with number ones, Spider Gwen, Spider Man 2099, and Uncanny Avengers. I was wondering when you'd switch over to. Listen, this. you were pulling off a Joe. It was very impressive. <laughs> I caught myself though. I didn't go full Joe. You never go full Joe. From DC, we have Batman number 45, Batman and Robin Eternal number two, Batman Superman number 25, Constantine the Hellblazer number five, Justice League of America number four, and the new Superman Lois and Clark number one, which doesn't take place in continuity. So you realize, hey, people want uh, Lois and Superman back together again. Let's give them their own comic. What was the point of <laughs> the <laughs> rainbow then? What was the point? Oh. <laughs> From Image. Image has a big week coming up. Uh, we have East of West number 21, long-awaited I Hate Fairyland number one, Cannot Low number 10, Sex Criminals number 13, Switch number one, The Walking Dead number 147, and The Wicked and the Divine number 15. And then from IDW, we have Gem and the Holograms, number eight, and Star Trek Green Lantern, number four. Awesome. So that's going to wrap us up here. As always, you can find us online at comicbookinformer.com or on Twitter at CBinformer. Next week, who knows what evil Roger has planned for me, but I'm sure it'll be pretty entertaining. And until next week, thanks for listening. Make sure to stop by comicbookinformer.com and let the guys know what you think in the comments. If you'd like to hear more from Roger and Vince, check out Popcorn Ronin, a bi-weekly movie, 
TV, and anime podcast, as well as For the Lore, a weekly gaming podcast.